everybody. Welcome again to the Tradescast. It's a podcast dedicated to everything in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. My name is Jeff Bob. And I'm Tom Moss. And this is the Tradescast for the week of August 21st. Happy Olympic closing day, Jeff. Hey, sure. Um, it only feels like, like just 30 or 40 days ago the Olympics started. And here we are coming to an end. Oh, it, is, it isn't that long, is it? It's only like 14 days. Are these the ones that are in Montreal? These are the ones. No, no. I'm sorry. Tokyo. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I I, uh, I I don't know what they'll say about Brazil's handling of the Olympics. You know, they always look for the, the guy who runs the Olympics to say at the end, like, best Olympics ever. Atlanta got snubbed. Um, they weren't called the best Olympics ever, uh, probably because somebody was killed in a bomb. <laughs> um, so that is problematic. Uh but I, I I don't know what people are going to think of the Olympics. So I just want to talk about that for a quick second before we um, go any further, because I'm not sure if the Olympics should be held anymore anywhere where they displace tens of thousands of people, which has happened in China <laughs> and it's happened in Brazil. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be held south of the equator or, or some country that we don't think about. But don't you think that you ought to you ought to be able to prove that you don't actually have to displace people to have the Olympics. Well, I mean, I, th- I, I, yeah, I do think there's an ethical or moral obligation to, uh, at least if you're going to have a, a celebration of world cooperation and peace that you don't displace and, uh, um, you know, uh, create homelessness in its, in its wake. I guess that's hard to, hard to predict. And, you know, also, I mean, remember when, uh, when this was decided, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was was like ten years ago that this was decided, right? Ten or twelve years ago, um, and uh, Chicago actually lost out. And now I'm wondering if we didn't uh, actually dodge a bullet there, so to speak. Yeah, it's funny. That's what I've been hearing a lot from Chicagoans: is uh, this whole, well, maybe we shouldn't have had it. Who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? NB- NBC uh, is doing the thing that they always do, which is. Uh, according to everyone out there, doing it wrong. Uh, (laughs) Everyone always says they do it wrong. Um, Everyone's been angry, as they always are, for tape delay. Uh, Everyone seems to be angry about the way they're covering things. They, of course, um, don't seem to always know which team to cover, which star to make big. Um, The ratings are down 8, 9, 10% overall from four years ago. Uh, so my question to you, Tom, is everyone's always good at saying, yeah, it's terrible. What would you do differently? Well, I mean, I think this is a, a really good indication of what's wrong with the whole project. I mean, we, um, as you know, got rid of our cable, so we didn't really even have access to the online product from NBC. So, you know, we were watching the old fashioned way with the antenna, uh, and, um, and, uh, and on, on the network, on the network feed. And um, frankly, I thought it was a little uh, a little boring. Um, and and I I wonder if some of these complaints about the um, incessant advertising and the poor coverage is not anything new. It's just that some of us are dipping our toe back into that that way of watching for the first time in a while. I mean, I kept like reaching for the DVR remote to fast forward through things, or or actually you know go back and or slow mo things, and and uh, that was a frustrating experience. So um, what would I do differently? I mean, I think if there is interest in the Olympics, and there does seem to be interest in the Olympics, in these sports, and, you know, people say, well, you know, you only get, 
Uh, you're only interested in these sports four year, four, four, uh, once every four years, so therefore you can, your, your interest must not be very real. I mean, I think that interest is real, but I think it can only be sustained for two weeks every four years. Uh, I think we're going to see more proliferation of online market. I think we're going to see unbundling. And um, I think there's going to be some sort of um, you know pay as you go uh, way to watch the Olympics that uh, that uh, you know we we are no longer beholden to NBC that we actually pay NBC so we're not beholden to the advertisers perhaps I don't know that's that's what I think everyone wants to, for starters everyone seems to want it live okay so let's say they ran everything live what would they run in prime time would they just rerun the same stuff again would they just re would they just run profiles uh would they run quick hits like okay we're going to show you every major like the red zone channel you know what i mean like, is that is that what we would do i mean what would we do in prime time well i mean i think uh i think people wouldn't mind the tape delay as much um and they don't mind i mean what's on the other side of the world we watch tape delay and we don't think anything of it i mean i think it is the quality of the coverage and the um uh you know the the uncertainty about what to cover so maybe the fact that it was live made it even more difficult for NBC to figure out what to do um, because they uh, they were trying to bounce around to find the, the, the biggest story on the fly. Um, you know, uh, Europe, Britain, the BBC has figured it out. Uh, you know, every other nation has figured out how to how to make uh, make, um, you know, cover the Olympics out of uh, uh, a prime time. And um, I think we should look to them for examples. Uh, in four years, it's going to be in Tokyo. <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. I don't exactly. So you really I wanna, don't think they're I mean, on the same you know, time zone as us. I, I'm, not, I'm not. So no. um, they're going to have to figure out something. But I, I have a prediction, and my prediction is: no matter what they do, people will be dissatisfied. So at least in America. Um, but here's the part that's interesting, Tom. Um, the 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 head of NBC Sports says that despite the lower ratings that they will still make a record amount of profit. That profit is, they are saying, will exceed more than $100 million. Now, again, that's not, that's not the moon, but that is a, that's a for real profit. So um, couldn't they argue, look, why would, we, why would we mess with record profits? Uh, because it, it's not sustainable. So the ratings have continued to decline. They will continue to decline on the broadcast, uh, broadcast feed. Um, they are smartly trying to figure out other ways to monetize this through apps, and um, I think that'll go even further. So I don't know. I mean, it's a bet. They took a gamble. They paid $21 billion, NBC did, to have exclusive rights to the Olympics through 2032. Um, who knows? There might even be not, might not even be an Olympics in 2032, but uh, you know, there'll probably be something. Uh, so I, you know, I suspect NBC because they have always, always been able to figure out how to do things right, Jeff. I am confident that they will figure this out. <laughs> I don't know if anyone could hear your sarcasm there. It was, uh, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's talk about the the Ryan Lochte thing. Lochte, a guy you you knew, maybe you're like, was that that guy from before in the Olympics, and you never heard of again? Um, and of course, they lied about the robbery and everything. And what's interesting is uh, how NBC got pretty beat up by fueling this story the way um, Fox News is often done with a lot of stories, but they're not the only two networks. Other people have done this. What cracks me up about this is how angry everyone is at Billy Bush. Um, Billy Bush is not a news guy, okay? He's not a reporter. He is a goofy talking head on Entertainment Tonight. Uh, the fact that you want Billy Bush to be uh, some kind of hard-hitting um, uh, reporter 
is not fair to him. Okay, he he's just a he's just a poor man's. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, he, he's who, who I'm trying to. Um, <laughs> Ryan Seacrest. Yes, he's like a, a poor, a man's, poor man's Ryan Seacrest. Okay, so who is a poor man's Dick Clark? Right. Um, and, and so why is anyone thinking Billy Bush? Who is a poor man's Arthur Godfrey? All he's supposed to do is look at handsome Brian Lochte and say, yeah, wow. Ooh. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think this story is interesting because, um, I, I can't, I can't be that hard on NBC because I think almost any network would have, with the whole live 24 seven thing would have fallen into this trap and taken a few hours to write themselves. Would you agree? Or do you just think they No. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree, but I, I think there's something even more fundamental. They, they, you know, you, you said hard hitting news. I mean, Jeff, there's nothing hard hitting about this story. It is a human interest story. It, um, you know, except for one aspect of it, but the, the whole, uh, the whole, whether Ryan Lochte lied or not, um, is 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 kind of fluffy, but they interrupted the the um, the broadcast to treat it as if you know we had, bombs were falling somewhere, which they don't even interrupt a broadcast for that anymore. Um, but I mean, I think the, the the story was that the 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 Brazilians, um, you know, that, that this that this was a a a, a contemptuous um, treatment of of Brazil by these arrogant Americans. I mean, that was the story. And I, I haven't I haven't seen hardly anybody covering that story. Um, the, the whole fact of whether he lied and what he said to whom and what he was covering up uh, and all the speculation about that. I mean, that, that seemed to belong on Entertainment Tonight as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm not sure if I haven't seen that treatment. I've, I've heard the pushback of this whole, you know, white privilege thing, and, and it's definitely there. And, and I understand why Brazil is feeling this. Uh, a lot of Brazilians, you know, they're getting criticized for their treatment of other athletes in terms of booing them. And um, they're having to constantly hear that their water is polluted and a lot of other things. And there are certainly millions and millions of Brazilians who are not doing these things, who are thought, oh, we're on the world stage. And now these uh, Americans are coming and lying about us. This is a, I guess the answer to this is it's a complicated story, and maybe people aren't dealing with it in a complicated way because we don't look for that. We look for stories that we can finish in four minutes and then repeat ad nauseum. Isn't that kind of how we just right. find a narrative like Trump did this and Hillary did this today, and we'll just repeat it for 24 hours until they do something different? No, I think that's right. And to be fair, I have heard that um, that angle of the story covered. I mean, there, and there's other that this this other interest other interesting uh, um, angle to this story is that Ryan Lochte was described by several as just you know th th these were described as uh, you know boys will be boys hijinks, whereas you know the um, um, some of the other the, the the way that women were covered in this Olympics uh, was was also pretty contemptible. Yes. Well, I, uh, it's funny because we talk about who will be the stars after the Olympics. I always think, well, no one will be the star after the Olympics. Even Michael Phelps is only a star for like six months after the Olympics. And then we don't hear for him again until the next Olympics. And now we won't hear about him forever um, unless he gets arrested. Um, you <laughs> know, I think that the two Simones, we had a swimming Simone and a gymnast Simone. I think they are kind of our stars and, uh, the thing that's interesting to me is NBC may get this wrong a lot. And not that advertisers always get it right, but advertisers tend to get it more right. And I, I think if you want to know who the stars are afterward, you look for who gets all the commercials. Because they know 
what America wants. Advertisers, that's their whole job. Um, and I think we'll see um, uh, Simone Biles be the biggest star of the Olympics, and we'll, we'll see some more Michael Phelps. Um, but I honestly don't know, and I think we'll see it for a while, but how often does an Olympic star truly transcend the Olympics to beyond their sport? Because these sports are only popular you know, a couple of weeks a year or a couple of weeks every four. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. And I think Simone will, um, Simone Biles will be the big breakout star, um, for sure. Uh, so yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. We will see. I mean, you know, gymnasts, all these, all these sports are going on, you know, every weekend, all year, all, you know, for <laughs> all, all year round. Um, but no one's paying attention. Um, I don't suspect that will change. But, uh, you know, there will be, there will be some breakout stars. I, but I can't, I can't name of any, any other three. You know, Usain Bolt, of course, but he's not an American. Right. And, and again, Usain Bolt will be in Jamaica, will be popular for the rest of his life. And he'll be popular around the world, but he's not going to be in the Olympics again. He can, he can get paid a lot of money in advertising and, and advertising and to run a little bit longer if he wants to run a little bit more before he retires. Um, you know, they get paid a lot in other countries to for track meets. Um, so he could do that. Um, but then I don't know how someone like Usain Bolt becomes super big. You know what I mean? Michael Johnson is oh, maybe the greatest runner in America's history. Um, and he's the BBC commentator. But it's not like you see him on TV every day in America. Right. So right. Um, it, it's just going to be interesting to see. But advertisers tend to get this right, I think. And Maybe the maybe NBC um, and the news didn't cover uh, the women of this Olympics, right? But I think the advertisers will. Um, I, I could be wrong, but we'll see. Uh, no, I think that's right. Um, let's talk briefly about Gawker. Um, you remember Gawker? It used to be a thing. Uh, I vaguely remember it. Um, they had some trouble not they long did. ago. They did. Uh, they stepped in it one too many times, and... And now they're basically history. What's interesting to me is there are a lot of mainstream journalists out there who are really bemoaning the loss of Gawker. Um, are you one of those uh, people on the side of those journalists bemoaning the demise of Gawker? Yeah, I can't say I was a huge Gawker fan. Um, it wasn't part of my my um, my my daily media intake. But that said, I think that any time that you have a situation where effectively a billionaire, Peter Thiel, has um, um, put a media company out of business, uh, regardless of whatever misstep they, they, they made, and they made a big one, and, and, and they made several others along the way. I mean, I think that's something chilling, and I think it's something we should take really seriously. So I don't necessarily bemoan the loss of Gawker per se, but I do fret a little bit about what an oligarchy might do to the media in this country. Would you feel that way if instead of Gawker, I said it was Breitbart? Yes, I would. I, I would. I mean, I, I, I take your point that, that others might not, um, but I, I absolutely would. I mean, I, 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 would, I would have that fear about any, any publication you could name, even at the most um, you know, sickening extremes. Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, the the uh, fallout is interesting and people I don't know if, if I think this is more of an isolated event because it is it is tricky. Uh, anybody who's making money, if they hadn't done this Hulk Hogan thing, this wouldn't be happening. Uh, would you agree with that? 
No, I wouldn't. I think Theo was looking for a case, and he would have found one eventually. It might not have happened yet, but it would happen eventually. Okay, maybe you're right, but it certainly quickened it. So um, I I don't know what it says. I certainly I don't mind there being uh, journalists out there who are maybe not to my taste, but I don't like reckless journalism um, for the sake of of ratings, clicks. That bothers me. Well, I don't disagree that there should there shouldn't be accountability, and I don't disagree that uh you know a lawsuit shouldn't have have proceeded. But what makes this unique is that Hulk Hogan would not settle, um, and uh, that was because the uh, was promising to pay whatever uh whatever or, or match or exceed whatever um uh Gawker was willing to pay, and so I think that is um a problem that's not the way the legal system is uh is set up to work or it shouldn't be are you sure because donald trump told me if i punch somebody protesting at one of his uh one of his rallies that he totally pay my legal fees so uh, and he's if he's president then that might be the law so i just saying you might want to rethink your 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 ways there maybe i'll edit this out before i send you the tape <laughs> um, so um sumner rudstone um and his daughter seemed to have won the latest uh, soap opera battle of the Viacom CBS world. Um, I don't know how much there is to talk about it necessarily, other than the fact that I think this is all going to be interesting when Sumner Rundstone dies next week. Uh, but do do you think that the decision is right? I mean, these are the people who um, who did basically make Viacom and CBS or Viacom bigger than it ever had been, do you think that they deserve to still be running the ship? Well, um, you might have to uh, educate me a little bit, Jeff, because what I see is a battle of the oligarchs, and I can't really see how um, uh, how one winning makes much of a difference to me personally, but maybe you can enlighten me. No, it makes no difference to you whatsoever. Yeah. I, I, this is just a crazy soap opera that will eventually be some kind of documentary that's on front line (laughs) and and you'll just think holy smokes they're so messed up i just think it is fascinating that you want to talk about power and 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 having enough money summer redstone appears to not really be all the way there that's my opinion i mean he doesn't what i see doesn't look like that so the fact that he can stay in control when uh, all around him say that he's not in his faculties um it shows you that if you have the right mouthpiece, um, you can kind of do anything you want for the most part. Well, is he in control or is the family in control? The, the family's in control, but he gets to save a lot of face. Um, right. I, I, but I, I don't think we've seen the last of this. Um, and I do think he's probably going to die pretty soon. I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, actuary his, tables. <laughs> I'm looking at at his, his skeletal visage. Yes. The, the, the fact that he hasn't died already is just a little weird. Um, you know, I wanted to talk briefly about Netflix because um, it, while Larry Wilmore's show got canceled, and again, I don't understand this kind of thing. I, if you want to cancel him for ratings, that's fine. I would have let it go out the year because what difference does it make? Uh, start a new show in January. Uh, I would have I would have let him run through the uh, election. But while his show got canceled, Netflix is renewing uh, shows that we have no idea if anybody's even watching. And it's interesting to see two extremes. Comedy Central kind of not really staying with somebody who's getting good reviews. 
um, but not the best ratings. Netflix staying with people, we have no idea if the ratings are any good. In fact, I would guess that Chelsea Handler's ratings are just so-so. Rob Schneider's ratings are probably not very good. Uh, Maria Bamford, um, who I've met, um, is a name most people don't even know very well. So don't you just think that Netflix is on the other extreme of right now they they are just not canceling much of anything. And everyone else who relies on a different revenue stream is just still kind of running scared. Yeah, well, it sure seems that way. I mean, I I assume that um, net, well, I don't assume Netflix knows more than we do we do about how many people are watching these and what the ROI is, and so um, they can afford to take a few more chances. It'll be interesting, I think, to see what the landscape is like two or three or maybe five years from now with Netflix. And is do they have the benefit of being upstarts? And rebels now, where they may not, when they're when they have something, something um, to protect uh, and to preserve, uh, a, a few years from now. Yeah, right now they it is just whatever it goes. And what's interesting is um, Chelsea Handler. One thing they're doing with their show is giving it a more international feel. And again, I believe that. The, Right now, the big picture for Netflix is just world domination more than anything else. Mm -hmm. It is, let's get subscribers every in every country we possibly can. So I think they, their feeling is however much money that takes, <laughs> that's, right. that, that's what they're doing. You know, I wanted to talk briefly about a show called um, Queen Sugar. This is a show that's coming out next, uh, next month. Uh, it is being headed up by uh, uh, Ava DuVernay, the Selma director, and Oprah Winfrey. Um, the show sounds pretty interesting, but I am curious uh, if you think that Oprah's network, though, has still reached this, not reach, is still in this space where no matter what the show, she's never going to have a true breakout hit. Like, she hasn't reached that place where AMC or uh, some network that you thought could never have a hit now People don't even think twice about it. I mean, is this a show that because she's still tied to a network format that even with the big name behind it, maybe it's going to be great. It just can't see big ratings. It can't get a lot of viewers. That's the common wisdom, right? I mean, I think we're at the uh, the, the the last slope of the bell curve of um, quality basic cable television. You know, I think what, what, and I think that peaked when Mad Men um, you know, when, when, uh, when Don Draper wrote the Coke commercial, I think was the pinnacle of, um, of, of the, of, of that moment. And I think we're on the decline now. I mean, coupled with that, with the fact that no one knows where to find Oprah, coupled with the fact that people are, um, are leaving cable and, um, satellite more and more behind now. Um, I mean, I think there has to be a secondary tertiary market plan for this show. That extends beyond the own network, which you know is 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 fine for for me, but probably doesn't help her too much. So, do you see that then, where would it's going to be more a show doesn't get a lot of ratings where it originally uh, uh, air, but then on Hulu or on Netflix it becomes a breakout hit like that? Do you think that's what we're going to see a lot of? Well, I've thought that for a long time, and I I think we're we're seeing that happen with the. Um, with the movie industry, right? I mean, we've talked about that here before. That the kinds of shows that open the box office um, aren't aren't uh, aren't aren't just the the mass broad appeal shows that we used to see, or or at least the variety of of uh, of, of um, audience 
you know, targeted shows that we've seen in the past. So I think that's going to be true for every, I mean, why shouldn't it be true for every kind of uh, offering? I think we're actually starting to see that with the limited series, um, you know, sort of uh, mini series that are coming up on Netflix and Hulu and, and other places. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that is on the horizons. I'll be, I'll be surprised if it doesn't happen. Yeah, money is going to be interesting, though, because right now the ones with subscribers uh, have good budgets and and uh, the other ones, you know, are lessening and lessening. All the networks are spending less and less money on TV shows. Uh, so uh, we'll see cheaper shows, maybe not necessarily worse shows. But uh, right now, uh, if you've got a subscriber base, if you're HBO, if you're Netflix, uh, it seems like anything goes for what you want to put on your show. So, why tell me why a Sling TV, um, which I, are you, you're familiar with, why a Sling TV couldn't offer, or some product like that couldn't offer uh, a package of ten channels, ten networks, ten whatever we're we're going to be calling them. Uh, you pick whatever ten you want, and that costs nineteen ninety nine a month. You pick twenty, that costs whatever. Um, I mean, is that a model that you can see coming down the pike? I absolutely can. I know it's it's not exactly the same thing, but, um, you know, the thing that Dish Network is pushing now is their slim bundles. It's a far cry from what you're talking about, but it's the bridge. It's the next step. So I think that we are getting closer and closer to this. You buy a bundle of something, a bundle of networks in some capacity. Um, I just don't think people have figured out. Everyone wants all the money. <laughs> so yeah. until someone can figure out how to get together and you know Hulu is the best example of this for me is a group of a group of major players saying let's share some revenue um so you're going to need to see smaller players get together and say let's share some revenue so uh, maybe um maybe we have to see a, a a period of unbundling of the cable and satellite providers and then a a period of rebundling with whatever the sling TVs or whatever comes next Yes. All you need to know is that most people are trying to get all the money uh, that they possibly can. When a company is not, and then that company would be like Netflix at the moment, that's when you see real quality stuff. Because right now they're focused on quality and uh, audience, not on exact revenue. So, well, and I, I think to be fair, I mean, I think they do want all of the money, but they have a longer vision. Oh, yeah. A longer it's a long game. Than... Yeah. It's a long game. <laughs> so, um, well, speaking of the long game, we're coming up on fall. So there will be our, our typical new fall network shows. Will any of them be hits or will we just talk more still about Netflix and all the original programming that's not on quote TV? Uh, the new, uh, blockbuster movies will be coming out soon for the winter. And we'll also be looking at the Academy Award movies as they start to uh, unveil themselves as we get through uh, August. So we'll be checking those things out and everything else in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. So for Tom, I'm Jeff. Have a great day. <laughs>